Hello? Oh, uh, good evening. Are you the puberty fairy? The fuck did you just call me? The puberty fairy? I'm the hormone monster. I'm just here to give your friend a nocturnal emission. <laughs> Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to TV Concierge, the podcast where Ringer staffers help you figure out what to watch instead of just scrolling through Netflix until you give up. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined by Amelia Wedemeyer, and today we are talking about Big Mouth. There is no show I'd rather be talking about right now. There is no person I'd rather be talking about it with than you, Amelia. How are you doing? I am doing really well. Thank you. It's so good to be here doing a podcast with you. I think the last time we did a podcast, you did a little, you talked about fantasy football on Tea Time, maybe? Yeah, it was like a little Avengers crossover. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So this is, it's great. It's great to be back here with you. Yeah. So Big Mouth season four came out on Netflix last Mm -hmm. weekend. It's almost like an event now when Big Mouth comes (laughs) out. I feel like it stands out even among the sea of TV where nothing stands out. Big Mouth and The Crown kind of cover everything, cover everyone in America (laughs) is covered by one of those. If you don't know, Big Mouth is the animated show about puberty. There's nothing else really like it. It's incredible. (laughs) The cast is nuts. It's created by Nick Kroll, but it also has John Mulaney, Jesse Klein, Fred Armisen, Maya Rudolph, Jordan Peele, Jason Manzoukas. The cast is unbelievable. Uh, season four came out, but we're going to mostly stick to the first few seasons. So if you haven't seen season four, we're not going to get like spoilery or anything. You're not going to be excluded. Right. But to, just to start it off, Amelia, why do you love this show? I love the show because like you said, it, it the cast is so stacked. And I think both like the writers and the cast, they're so they're just people that you follow on Twitter and that you love all their other shows that they've ever done. Like I'm a huge Nick Kroll fan huge Nick Kroll fan. I loved him like on the Kroll show. Did you ever watch that show? I did a little bit. I didn't love the Kroll show to be honest. Really? I still okay. Love this show. Yeah. But this show is so much fun because it tackles like something that we've all gone through, which is puberty. And so it's like, how can you not relate to it? And they do it in such a way that it's so funny and relatable and it's not like shameful, which I love. Yeah, no, to your point, if comedy is like tragedy plus time, then this is the perfect show because everyone has their own personal tragedy of like going through puberty. And what I think the most amazing thing to me and the hardest thing to convince people of until they see it is that it's dirty, but it's not toxic. It's hard to explain that. Like, yeah, there's a hormone monster and all he talks about is dicks and he keeps dicks in a briefcase and, you know, just sex jokes at every point. But it's strangely progressive. It is like all these... It has melded 
potty humor and like progressive sexual politics in this crazy mix of ways that it's like, this is the funniest thing I've seen. Mm-hmm. I get more belly laughs per minute watching this than any other show. Yeah. It's wildly inappropriate. And yet, like, I don't have kids, but if I did, I'd probably <laughs> let them watch this when they went through puberty. That's because exactly it is like a better form of sex ed than like, I, I it, it's amazing. So totally. With that said, let's go through. We're going to do a little <laughs> ping pong here. We're going to do a back and forth. Let's just go through just things we learned watching Big Mouth about ourselves or life or puberty sure. or whatever. I just feel. We'll get in our feels. I'm going to make <laughs> you go first because I'm 10% afraid of getting fired on this show. Okay. So, no, say me too. I'm a little, I'm feeling it out. <laughs> but you know what? They said we could get a little weird. Okay. I, I blame Andrew. No, I'm kidding. Um, So I want to talk briefly about The Rock of Gibraltar, which is the book they mention in the season one episode, Girls Are Horny Too. Do you remember? Oh, this? is this like the fake shades of gray? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> With Gustavo, who turns into a horse. Yes. And Fatima. Yeah, they have like a torrid love affair. And I just, it, it was, this just brought me back. Like you were saying, it's, it's, the show is so funny and they do so many funny and dirty bits, but they do it in such a way that is so informative and just accepting. And I love that. And it's like, yeah, girls get horny too. And we do like to read these romance novels. It reminds me of making fun of like Cosmo magazine and then buying it solely to read like their hot reads. (laughs) I don't know if that sounds familiar, but yeah. I'm not, I've never picked up Cosmo, although I probably did and pretended not to. I guess I probably (laughs) picked up the one with the cleavage on the cover and pretended not to, but the, that one's, that's a great episode. I think that's the one where I don't remember which boy character, but one of them is like, Girls get horny too, and his head literally explodes. Yes, several of them. Yeah, exactly. Yes. No, that's a fantastic one. I, I mean, I think I have a similar ish one of just for me. I think watching the show, looking back, something I think I kind of learned is just, oh, I see why I got bar mitzvahed when I was thirteen years old. <laughs> like they're like, oh, congratulations, you're a man now at thirteen, and at thirteen I was like, oh, I guess I'm an adult now. And now I look back, and it's like actually. That's the age that all the little boys start wanting to jerk off. So they're like, all right, we have to have all ceremony now. And, and you know, you're a member of society now. You actually can procreate. So we're going to do a whole thing. And it's crazy to me now thinking about it, watching this, how much of our society is about. We got to get these little freakazoids in this tweener phase as far away from us as possible. Like my middle school was a separate building than the elementary school and the high school. And now yes. I get it. Now it's like, oh, yeah, you it's like. Little kids are caterpillars and adults are beautiful butterflies. And like puberty is this cocoon where it's like, let's not, you don't want to look inside. Like this is a gross totally. period. And <laughs> I guess, you know, it's the awkward years in the moment, but seeing it was so awkward for everyone else is so reassuring. Oh, 100%. And that you mentioned that your middle school was separate. My middle school was separate as well. And they had grades six, seven, eight and nine. So we took the, like, even the most awkward year of high school was back in the middle school. And I just remember those years were full of just really like greasy hair, bad skin, and just the most awkward, like adolescent urges. So I told, I, oh my God, when you say cocoon of like, (laughs) yeah, I, I get that. Like a hot, sweaty cocoon. So when you're in middle school, did you have like sex ed in middle school? Because some of the best scenes in the show, I think, are are involving sex. The first scene of the show is sex ed. Which yes. Is maybe the funniest one. But. It's totally. I we had so we had sex ed, I think, in like seventh or eighth grade, but it was so shameful because they had us take home like a 
the, uh, the section of the health book and they're like, okay, well, we're getting into the, they called it the meat and potatoes. My health teacher called it the meat and potatoes. <laughs> and he was like, okay, so we're going to do this unit. It's going to be take home and you guys are just, you know, going to go through the packet and fill it out. And then. Wait, what do you uh, mean the meat and potatoes? Meat like. Like I, I, he is just, the penis? Like, what I, is the meat and potatoes of the sex ed class? I don't know. That He was just like, this is, it was in the health class. And he was just like, this part of health class is the meat and potatoes. And so we were all like, oh, <laughs> all right. What a terrible phrase to use. It was a little weird, exactly. But we literally never discussed it in class. It was all outside of class. So I just, I like you're saying, I think, God, I would have benefited so much if I had this show back in the day. I mean... That, this just it just shows you that we need a better sex education in this country. But, you know, I'm not even going to go. Well, yeah, no, right I now. mean, I feel you on that, too, because I think one of the best parts of the show is the shame wizard in season two. And uh, he's not like the funniest character. But this idea that this dark like he's like a dementor <laughs> from Harry Potter descends on you for yes. your thoughts. And I think that's such an important thing because you learn all these words about puberty. It's like puberty yeah. and you're going through hormonal changes and you learn like the <laughs> words but what they don't prepare you for is you're going to have some weird fucking thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have exactly. some weird shit in your head. And it's a startling concept to say, hey, you can have bad thoughts, but not be a bad person. Yeah. As long as you control how you act on those things. And that is such a hard lesson to learn. And you probably learned it by failing over and over and over again. <laughs> exactly. But that's such a brilliant thing to introduce, because I think that's the part of it that's missing. It's like you're going to have bad things and that can be separated from who you are. So I, I, the thing I keep coming back to is there's a one episode from season four. I don't remember it's the first or the second, but there's a character mm-hmm. having an argument with one of the hormone monsters, which are these little monsters that follow them around and are their horniness embodied. That's great. And the, it's the best part of the show. Bubble bath. <laughs> but one of them has an argument with the... Connie. Bubble bath. But <laughs> bubble there's bath. an argument with the hormone monster and the character's like, I don't want to go through puberty. <laughs> And the hormone monster's like, nobody likes puberty. That's why they made the fucking show. (laughs) That was a good impression. I'll take it. But that to me, it's such a great idea. And I I think that I think the shame part is so crucial to all of it. But anyway. All right. So Cosmo magazines, you get why. And then. Right. Better sex ed. What's the third thing you learned from Big Mac? What the third thing I kind of learned, and I, there are so many things I feel like I, I learned watching this show, um, but something I think is really important, and they, I know they addressed it uh, in the fourth season and uh, when they were taking a break and everything, but uh, you know, representation matters. I know that's not the most sexy thing to realize, but I just think that I, I only like fairly recently has this become something that I really think about. And obviously you cannot see me because this is on a podcast, but I am Asian. And I just remember growing up and there just weren't a lot of like Asian people I saw on shows. And even though this is like an animated show, they do a really great job of just giving us a lot of diversity with these characters. And even I know they had Jenny Slate, who I absolutely love. They actually replaced her in this fourth season. Um, she voices, I think, up to episode eight, maybe. And the, and Missy goes through a transformation. But um, with someone named Ayo Edebiri, who is a black actress. And she uh, she's great. And it, but again, it's just it's, you know, it's really great to see them you know, preach these things and then actually back it up with by doing, you know, actionable change, which I appreciate. 
So, I mean, when when you were growing up and you were going through puberty, is it weird that, I mean, at that period in time, a lot of the people being sexualized in culture were white men and white women, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really think about it that much just because I went to like a really predominantly white school. I'm adopted. So both my parents are white and stuff. And I just didn't, it wasn't something I really thought about, to be honest. And only recently have I started to actually think about those kinds of things, which I'm like kind of embarrassed to say, but, um, but yeah, and only recently I think have they become something that's important to me because it is, I mean, you know, representation, you know, does matter. So again, it's, it's just good to see, um, not only like racially, um, diverse, but just sexually diverse. And, um, you know, they've portrayed people with, uh, disabilities and whatnot. And again, I think, but I think it's so great that they include all these perspectives. So. Yeah. And I mean, the missing characters you mentioned, there's a, there's a great episode where they go visit her. So she's half black, her father's black and they Mm -hmm. go visit her father's family in Atlanta. And so there's her white mother and she confronts kind of her identity with the black family. And it's really a funny episode, but there's, there's a lot of things like I, one of my favorite episodes is the guy town from season two or three. Oh I can't my remember. God. And I love Matthew who's the, one of the gay characters and he meets this older gay man who's, yes. who just tells him like, so I'm like being young, mean and gay is not a personality. And it's just, it's <laughs> yes. funny. like the diversity of experiences is really funny. But to me, the thing that I, I think the most jarring part to me watching the show is just the experience of women. Like that, that that's the thing sure. I've learned the most about specifically there's a great scene where Jesse, who's like the, the the young redhead girl, is is watching porn. And obviously the porn is made for men. And yeah. she, you know, the guy, you know, whips out his dick and like, you know, the thing's like a freaking eggplant or something. It's huge. <laughs> and she looks at it and she's like, is that supposed to go inside me? <laughs> Which is hilarious. But I I don't think until I saw that moment did it click for me what representation and body image and and sure. how impactful it can be on, on young women. Because I, you know, you hear about that stuff and you hear how important representation is. You hear how important or how molded young women can be with body image and mm-hmm. all these ideas of, of identity. But until I thought about it, I was like, holy shit, young women and I mean, young people in general, their first mm-hmm. exposure to porn and the show handles porn so, sure. so intelligently where yeah. this is not even like skewing what they think. This is just what they think. They watch this shit. This is their only exposure to what they think sex is and what what young women think they have to sound like, what they think they have to do, what they think they have, who they think they have to be watching this stuff. I don't think I ever really grasped how crazy monumentally large the challenge of like trying to navigate young women through this weird time on the internet was until I saw that. And then you layer in yeah. things like race and sexuality on top of that. And right. it's, it's freaking hard to be a kid right now. It's crazy. And that's Definitely. why I love this show so much. It's just, and also, the, but the best part though is it's educational at its core because it's mm-hmm. doing all that for you <laughs> while making you laugh so hard you don't realize you're learning. And Ex- that's really what education is supposed to be, right? That's the exactly. best part. No, and it's, it's mind blowing. And even I was thinking about that episode. I think it's in the second season where they talk about it's the Planned Parenthood episode. Like <laughs> that is like it was education at its core, but they did it in such like a fun way with like these four vignettes of little mini stories. And it was it, like they spoofed The Bachelor and they had like... <laughs> Some like Star Trek references. It was just so funny and entertaining, but also like you learned a bunch about Planned Parenthood. So just amazing, amazing job. It's amazing job. Amelia, you did an amazing job. 
This you was did an amazing, amazing job. Oh my god. I had a great time. Kaya, thank you for producing. This was TV Concierge. Check out Big Mouth. Season four on Netflix is out now. And subscribe to TV Concierge if you want. You know how to subscribe to a podcast by now. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Kaya and Amelia. See you next episode.